One of the, the kindest, nicest, and wisest men that I ever knew was my father, dear, of dear departed memory. And therefore, when I think back through my life, particularly my teenage years, there are some embarrassing moments, sometimes multiplied, many times when I was the, the rebellious teenager in a mild form, but with a little bit of unkindness in response to my father trying to be nice. And one of the things that was almost a verbal tick with my dad was saying, would, do you want to, or would you be willing to, rather than just saying, go do this. He wanted to soften it, he wanted to be a little bit indirect, wanted to not sound like a, a harsh father type, and probably about the time I was 14, I started to respond rather rudely with, do I have a choice? So, Bruce, would you mow the lawn today instead of tomorrow? Do I have a choice? Bruce, would you empty the dishwasher tonight instead of tomorrow morning? Do I have a choice? Eventually, he let me get away with this for two years before he finally said, you know, that's not really nice. And most of the time, I could set it aside. But I did, on one level, want to know, do I have a choice? Do I have an option of not mowing the lawn, emptying the dishwasher, whatever the particular chore was, with the particular timing he was suggesting? Now, I find that encounter with my very loving, wonderful dad very similar to what this morning's gospel is referring back to and that is Mary's encounter with the angel Gabriel, where the angel says, you have this opportunity to be the God-bearer. You have this opportunity to give birth to the Savior of the world. And Mary says yes, and goes and visits Elizabeth, and then we have this morning's Gospel reading. Now, what a lot of us don't realize, and I have to admit, I didn't think about it until I was in seminary, was Mary really did have a choice. She could have said no. In fact, one of the interesting meditations that I heard in seminary, and I'm sorry I can't remember who to credit with for saying this for the first time I heard it, was how many times did Gabriel have to visit a woman and offer this before a woman said yes? How many times did Gabriel go to a certain person and say, God has found favor with you, would you be willing to? And the reason this is so important, in part, is because we have the same challenge as human beings, as Mary was, that God is constantly making offers to us of ministry, of service, of loving the world, and we just as constantly have the ability to say, do I have a choice? Do I have to? Do I gotta? Yes or no? And one of the interesting things is that God will never say, okay, you don't have a choice, you gotta go mow the lawn. The way that God works with the human race is we always have a choice. And one of the reasons for this is that the only way that a human being can love is if we have complete free will to love or not. That you can't force someone to love you. You can't force someone to have feelings of affection towards you. 
Instead, you can offer yourself and see where their free will takes them. God has the same exact relationship with every one of us of offering us constantly God's affection. And we just as constantly getting to decide, yes or no. Am I going to love God or am I not? Am I going to respond to God or am I not? And so it's crucial when we picture Mary and her encounter with the angel and what comes after that. It's crucial for us to accurately picture Mary being able to say, hmm, maybe not. And fortunately for all of us, she did say yes. I mean, otherwise, we might be talking this morning about the ever-blessed Dorcas, who was one of the early female Christian leaders that appears in the New Testament after the Gospels, common woman's name. There are all sorts of possibilities as to who this might have been, this wonderful woman who bore Jesus, and Mary was willing to say yes. Now, I doubt any of us will encounter an angel in the next two weeks, roughly, the 12 days of Christmas, the shortest season of the year, but we may, in fact, be offered in subtle ways opportunities to love, opportunities to be generous, opportunities to be forgiving, opportunities to be the bigger person, and those are opportunities that at times, <clears throat> to use a poetic image, angels are whispering in our ears. Be nice to this person. Forgive that person. Help that person heal. Or, and angels can be just as poetically helpful this way, get the heck away from that person. Set a good boundary. Make sure that you're safe. Feel like I have to put in that caveat. Because too often... We overly romanticize what ministry looks like. We overly romanticize what love for our fellow people looks like. But one of the great models of Mary, if we read her story throughout the Gospels, is that she said yes to being the God-bearer, to being the mother of Jesus. And there was a very strong person for the rest of the time she appears in the Gospels, so I'm comfortable saying for the rest of her life that even while she was facing very difficult choices for the rest of her life in how to support Jesus in his ministry and how to have her own ministry, she never was someone who was stepped on. She was never someone who was taken advantage of. Instead, again and again, she was a, a wonderful leader among Christians even before they had that name and a wonderful example to us of how to love without losing ourselves. It's tricky being a Christian. It's tricky loving our neighbor as ourself and loving God with our entire being. There isn't a single way to do it. There isn't a way of saying, you obey this and you're good. You mow the lawn tomorrow and you're good for the rest of the week. If only it were that easy. Instead, we have to constantly be listening. We have to constantly be aware of how God is moving in the world around us, particularly close to us, and listen and see how we can be part of that loving of the world, how we can be part of that making the world a whole different place, as Mary did with her first yes that we hear about and all the other ways in which she walked with God for the rest of her life. This fourth Sunday of Advent, we're on the home stretch. 
We're almost to Christmas. It's a time, perhaps, where we just have running without any ability to stop the shopping list. Running through our mind. The chores list. The is everyone going to be okay list. And so fourth Sunday of Advent is especially a time to step back and find some quiet, some peace, perhaps in the rest of this worship time, perhaps in other times through this day and tomorrow, so that we can spend careful time with God, time to listen, time to see if there's an angel Gabriel fluttering around us, giving us some wisdom, giving us some guidance, to which we can say yes or no. And God will deal with either one and still love us. Love us completely and thoroughly and eternally. That's the wonderful message of Fourth Advent, is that we have offers of ministry over and over from God. And sometimes, for various reasons, we'll say no, and God doesn't give up, but keeps reaching out, keeps offering, so that the love of God can be spread over and over throughout the world and within our own selves, so that we can be transformed, so the world may be transformed. Fourth Advent is this beautiful day, this time to pause before the busyness, this time to pause before all the other influences, this time to pause and listen for the angels. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.